against the darkness of tyranny. Always right with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history. Oh, what's going on, fellow extremists? Thanks for being with us. 938 Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer online at alwaysright.com. I want to dive right into this so we can get as much time as possible with our first guest this morning, Dave Rubin. You probably already know him. If you don't, you have just not been dialed into uh, conservative politics and, quite frankly, the culture wars that we continue to fight uh, here in um uh, in the United States of America. Dave is the host of the Rubin Report. It's a top-ranking YouTube talk show, recognized as one of the most influential spaces for honest conversations about complex issues and current events. It says so right here in his bio. Uh, he's also known for his iconoclastic and candid approaches to big ideas and support for free speech. That makes him my friend and yours. His first book uh, was uh, Don't Burn This Book, a New York Times bestseller. The new one is Don't Burn This Country. It is destined for equal success. Uh, surviving and Thriving in our woke dystopia, Dave Rubin. Thanks for joining us this morning. How are you? I'm doing well. And, uh, you know, that clip that you threw there, I mean, it's kind of impressive when Biden can throw together a full sentence, huh? Without, <laughs> yeah. without fumbling through. I mean, when he gets six words out in a row that all seemingly make sense together, whether you agree with the context or not, it's pretty impressive. It's rare. It is. So, yeah, you got to give credit where it's due. He doesn't do that often. And so I will give him credit for it, regardless, as you say, of the subject matter. Dave, uh, so good to have you on the program. I, I greeted uh, everyone with fellow extremists. Um, what, what is your what is your reaction to that? I mean, now let's talk about the content. Kudos for the coherent sentence, President Biden. Now let's talk about the content of that. That the MAGA movement, seventy five million voters for Donald Trump in twenty twenty, are the most extremist political organization in American history. Yeah, I mean, it's complete nonsense, but everything that comes out of this man's mouth and this entire administration and almost every mainstream Democrat at this point is complete nonsense. Uh, you know, the, the MAGA movement, this basic idea of America first and let's believe in capitalism and let's believe that our founding documents are fundamentally good and let's believe in independent uh, rights, you know, equal rights for everyone that's here legally and all of these things. These are basic, fundamental American principles. That's what the MAGA movement is about. As a matter of fact, uh, last night I was at Mar-a-Lago uh, for Dinesh D'Souza's 2000 Mules, this new documentary about election fraud, uh, and Trump spoke, and, you know, it was basically a who's who of, you know, everyone on this, this wide swath new right. And I can tell you that there is a tremendous amount of political diversity there. Uh, yes, there's some diversity that the left is obsessed with in terms of skin color and gender and sexuality and that. I don't really care about that stuff. But I was wandering around the place, and I'm seeing all of these people. And, man, I, I know all of these people, and they're all over the political map. It's not like everyone believes exactly the same thing. That's a very American idea. That actually is what the, the MAGA thing is all about. And in many ways, I was arguing, as someone that did not vote for Trump the first time around but did uh, very proudly vote for him the second time around. I kept arguing, you know, this guy is defending conservatism and liberalism because he's con- obviously defending conservatism and ter- types of the judges that he puts on and things of that nature. But he was also defending liberalism in that the woke and the progressives have become the most illiberal force uh, in America, certainly in my lifetime. And he was going after them. So he in some ways was trying to save liberalism from the liberals. It sounds sort of bizarre, but I really think he was doing that. So Biden is just lost and He's got nothing left. I mean, the thing is, the country is in such a 
bad shape at the moment, that all Biden's got at this point is, oh, these people are racist extremists. You better vote for me. Well, that's all any of them have, and uh, you're, you're exactly right. You know, it's funny when you say liberals, saving liberals from liberals. Uh, my friend Dennis Prager often talks about the difference between liberals and leftists, and there is a very, mm-hmm. very big difference here. Is that kind of what we're talking about, that, that modern liberalism has been co-opted by, by full-on leftism? And full-on leftism, is, I'm sure you would agree, is essentially socialism and essentially Marxism, and that liberalism is yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Dennis Prager is a good friend of mine as well. He was there last night. And Dennis has been talking about this really for for decades. And then I was one of the people that sort of brought that idea that liberalism has nothing to do with uh, leftism into the modern sense. I did a video about seven years ago with Prager U when I because I was a former leftist. I was a Bernie supporter. Back in 2015, I started seeing what was going on that these people were not acting liberally. It is not liberal to silence your opponents. It is not liberal to run around and call everybody bigots and racists. It's not liberal to believe in collectivism. Liberalism, classical liberalism, is the idea of the individual uh, and laissez-faire economics and limited government. It sounds more of what what we think of as a libertarian uh, in a modern context, but that has virtually nothing to do with anyone who is a Democrat today. So the easiest example for people that don't fully follow all of the language around this JFK, who was obviously a liberal Democrat, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. That is the reverse of today's Democratic Party. They would never say do something for your country. All they say is your country must do for you, which, of course, is a a crazy premise because a country is just, uh, you know, the state is in essence just what the people make it. Uh, So the state can't give you anything that it hasn't taken from you in the first place. Uh, so there really are no liberals left. You know, we've got sort of like a Bill Maher type who basically just repeats conservative talking points two years later after voting for the wrong people. But there are virtually no liberals in an American sense anymore. I would say there are sort of new school conservatives. There are what I would say I am sort of. I, I don't think I'm a traditional capital C conservative, but I would say I'm a former liberal mugged by reality. And that's enough to make me a conservative. I want to conserve the America that we've had here for 250 years. We're talking to Dave Rubin, uh, who is, of course, a best-selling author. His latest book is Don't Burn This Country, Surviving and Thriving in Our Woke Dystopia. So, Dave, uh, we're talking about liberalism. We're talking about leftism. We're talking about progressivism. Now let's talk about wokeism, which, of course, is what you write about here. How do you describe the woke mob or the woke cult or wokeists in, in general? I mean, basically, the woke are a really combination of sort of economic and then race and gender collectivists. So we started with this woke thing in America. It, store, it sort of started out of the progressive movement, sort of the Bernie movement, which was about economics. And there were some legitimate things to argue about. I, don't, I didn't think his, uh, his solutions were good in that socialism and more power to the state is not good. But he had this idea that it was sort of the people versus the machinery. What happened was the the race hucksters, the the quote-unquote anti-racists, and the LGBTQ LMNOP mob, and all of these people jumped on this. And what they did was they created a situation where people's immutable characteristics, your gender, your sex, your sexuality, your skin color, uh, that those became the most important things about you. And none of us actually believe that. Uh, anyone that's listening to this knows that whatever color you are or sexuality or gender you are, 
that may, that is a facet of who you are for sure, but that is not the sum totality of who you are. But they have decided, oh, if you are black, you must think this. If you are gay, you must think this. If you're a woman, you must think this. And of course, that is the ultimate anti-liberal position because it's it's completely against the individual. It turns us all into cogs in a machine, in essence. And this is something that they've really they've pushed on everything. I mean, the, the woke thing that is that we all see now it has infected Disney, it has infected Netflix, it has infected Harvard and Yale and all our uh, corporate institutions. It, is, it has infected our the U.S. Army. It has infected all of our political institutions. So I always say you have to give the devil his due. You may not like what they're doing, but they've been extremely good at doing it. And the book is really about, well, okay, we have to acknowledge that they've been good at doing it, and now how do we sort of separate from them and build new things? Uh, We're talking to Dave Rubin, host of the Rubin Report, author of Don't Burn This Country, Surviving and Thriving in Our Woke Dystopia. You know, you you just pointed out all of the things that they... Uh, that they they target and and all of the things that they support, but they're not always together. And in fact, you're in your second chapter, you you talk about how they're not cohesive. Um, intersection of different uh, protected classes sometimes causes their biggest problem. Uh, if they're, if, for example, it, with with the Roe versus Wade leak and the situation we're dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're screaming, Kamala Harris is screaming, we have to protect women's rights, women, women, women. Suddenly, you know, three or four days after it's pregnant persons, men can be pregnant, Apple released the emoji, suddenly it's women, women, women. It's funny how when they have uh, a need for a victim class, which in this case would be the victims of misogyny and sexism, suddenly women are a thing. But women are not a thing when they're trying to promote a different protected class, which of course would be the trans or the LGBTQ class. So it's kind of amazing how they really battle one another depending on the issue of the day it's quite extraordinary actually how they can spin endlessly but you know if you don't have any root beliefs your basic sort of zero-sum beliefs if they don't make any sense they're just based on whatever's happening on any given day you're going to constantly say crazy things that's why so many democrats seem completely unhinged right now that's why elizabeth warren is screaming outside this the supreme court that's why kamala harris is giving that crazy speech that's why joe biden is saying this stuff about MAGA. I mean, these are the same people who only weeks ago couldn't define a woman, right? I'm not a biologist. Suddenly they're obsessed uh, with women. They're also lying about, of course, what the Roe v. Wade decision is, which, you know, assuming it does get reversed, it's not going to outlaw abortion. It's just going to kick it back to the states. And most states, by the way, are going to have some level of abortion. There'll probably be a small handful of states that outlaw it altogether. But even the ones that outlaw it altogether may have some... Uh, exceptions related to the health of the the mother or rape and incest, that sort of thing. Uh, But the point is you'd be able to cross state bounds and California will basically become an abortion haven. And I mean, they'll open up a Disney abortion park over there and and people will be able to go if they so choose to go. The funny thing is, uh, as you probably know, I moved to Florida from Los Angeles in the last few months and I'm living in the free state of Florida and it's quite spectacular here and people are happy and it's booming. Florida just a few weeks ago passed a 15-week ban on abortion. 15 weeks is about three and a half months. Uh, Obviously, pro-life people aren't thrilled with that, uh, but nobody really made a brouhaha about it. It was sort of accepted as uh, just this is a moderate position. I personally would be for even less weeks than that. But the point is that here we did it in Florida, a very moderate situation that you could have some hopefully rare but safe abortions if absolutely necessary. That's what the moderate American position would be. We did it here. Nobody was going crazy about it. 
And and now the Democrats are screaming that they want eight, nine month abortions. I mean, there is no position that is too radical for them. No, you're exactly right. We're talking to Dave Rubin, uh, whose uh, new book uh, is going to be just as successful as his last one, uh, Don't Burn This Country. Dave, in Chapter 4, you talk about big government and big tech, and you kind of talk about how they work in concert, but if you had to pick one, which is the greater threat to the freedoms of the people? Well, it's a great question because, you know, traditionally, obviously, big government is what is a bigger threat. I mean, most of the horrible atrocities that have been done throughout mankind, throughout history, have been done by big government. I would say in our modern times, although the government right at this moment is doing some pretty extraordinarily bad things, I mean, I'm sure you're covering them every day from inflation and supply chain and whatever's going on with this crazy war in Ukraine and the litany of terrible things that are happening. The big tech thing, I think, looms larger as a threat because we just don't know how we're being manipulated. Every day we wake up and stories are going viral and people are being canceled and our emotions are being played with and we're being fed stories and we have infinite scroll. You know, I'm sure you're like me, old enough to remember an Internet where you used to get to the bottom of a Web page and then you'd have to click back to top because that was it. There was nothing else on the page. Uh, Now we have infinite scroll that can keep you in an endless state of more, more, more getting those dopamine hits, either for pleasure or for horror or whatever. And I think there's a psychological element to big tech that is that is far more dystopian, word I use in the subtitle, than sort of the traditional way that government can manipulate us. Government can do an awful lot of bad, uh, but big tech right now is doing something that we can't quite quantify. And I, to me, that's a little bit, bit more dangerous at the moment. Uh, we're talking to Dave Rubin about his new book, Don't Burn This Country. Um, Dave, I want to ask you, because you're a, a huge advocate for free speech, as am I. I'm the National Communications Director for Citizens for Free Speech. Uh, it's just something I dabble in on the side, trying to protect the First Amendment rights of Americans. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on the government, di- or excuse me, the disinformation governance board that has been created by Alejandro Mayorkas through Joe Biden. And moreover, his pick to lead that board, Nina Jankowicz. So do you really think that Jankowicz is anywhere near objective enough for this particular job? Yes, I do. And, and by the way, highly regarded as a subject matter expert, and I don't question her objectivity. Do you question Nina Jankowicz's objectivity leading a board that is going to decide what Americans can and cannot say or can and cannot hear? Of course I do, for lack of a better phrase. I mean, she's a far less whack job. I'm sure you've seen some of these other videos of her, but even if she was even if she was fully qualified, whatever that means, or even if she was completely nonpartisan, whatever that means. I mean, these are non nonsensical phrases. You can't be qualified to stamp down on free speech. You can't be qualified as an expert to tell people what they say. Mayorkas is a, is a complete clown who's, who's allowed 900,000 people to come into America in the last year that they don't even know where they are. Uh, but the idea, the very idea that they've put in a ministry of truth in the United States, that they have said, we are going to monitor disinformation. These are the very people who are the prime purveyors of disinformation. These are the people who lie about everything from Russia collusion to very fine people on both sides, to Brett Kavanaugh is a serial rapist, to the Covington kids are all racist, to Jesse Smollett was uh, lynched. The litany goes on, and uh, the, the Hunter Biden laptop story. I mean, we could do this all day. These are the people who lie about everything. So by putting out a quote-unquote ministry of truth, what, what in essence they're doing is saying, hey, we it's not that we're against lies. We're just against your lies, and you guys are catching up to the uh, you guys are you were against you calling out us out on the lies, and you guys are just doing it too fast right now. 
This is an extraordinary assault on free speech. And to get to what we discussed earlier, if there were any real liberals left, they'd be screaming about it. But they're not because they're pretty much all gone. Yeah, do, do you you saw uh, no doubt that um, cartoon that Elon Musk retweeted of the the move oh, yeah. to the yeah uh, the f- move to the very far left and now conservatives mm-hmm. and set people who were you know center right are are just still sitting there but the left has gone so far. Uh, do, do you agree with that? And and secondly, do you think that the Musk purchase of Twitter will will begin some sort of a change at least in terms of the ability for for the other side to have a say? I do agree with the chart. I actually retweeted and I said, this is my life story in stickman form because it very much maps what I've been sort of yelling about and writing about and talking about for probably 10 years now about, you know, if you just stayed the same, the liberal of 10 years ago, if you just stayed the same, believing the same thing, it's the left that went bananas. You can actually argue that the, the right actually moved leftward. You know, people say that the right moved right, but the, the right actually, I mean, you could just look at marriage equality for one. There's virtually no conservatives out there that are fighting against marriage equality right now it's, it's settled law it's done people accept it you might you may have your own private personal uh, religious views and i'm completely fine with religious liberty but you know 10 years ago we had republicans say rick santorum or mike huckabee that were that were hugely against marriage equality these people are, are not really part of the party anymore trump really changed that so you could argue that the right moved left and, and clearly uh, everyone would understand how the left moved left in terms of Elon, I think this is this is an incredible uh, move by him. I mean, look, this is one man versus the system, and Elon is an extraordinary man who's the richest guy in the world and can do things that most of us can only imagine. Um, but he's one man saying, "Hey, I'm going to get into this fight." You know, he could do anything he wants. This guy could literally, if he wanted to get on a rocket ship this afternoon with his family and go to Mars, he could do it. And instead, he said, "Hey, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, and I'm going to try to." do the most dangerous thing, which is defend free speech against all of the forces. Uh, and there's pretty nefarious forces that would love to quash our free speech. So I'm very hopeful for it. I think he has a lot of headaches coming his way, but he's not stupid. I mean, I had, you know, he's a lot of things. He's certainly not stupid. And I think he has really mapped out, I would imagine, all of the ways that they're going to try to get him and all of the problems that he's going to have. You know, what happens if, hey, Trump decides, you know, Trump right now is saying he doesn't want to get back on. But let's say Trump says he wants to get back on Twitter. Is now the Apple Store going to ban the Twitter app from the Apple Store? And what kind of headache does he have there? So there's a lot of problems down the road, but this is it's a chance, man. It's one guy versus the system, and that's what we need. Dave Rubin, host of The Rubin Report, and he is the author of another uh, terrific book, Don't Burn This Country. Dave, I'm going to tell people to do what I'm looking at right now, which is to go to your website uh, and order the book. For, I'm not, I have no interest whatsoever in putting more money into the pockets of the Washington Post, so I'm not going to tell people to go there. <laughs> uh, but go to DaveRubin.com slash book. You'll see it right there. Don't Burn This Country, Surviving and Thriving in Our Woke Dystopia. There's a red button that says pre-order. Do it, and do it quickly, and make sure that you get on the list to get your book as soon as it's available. Do it at DaveRubin.com slash book. Dave, really appreciate you coming on. Better, I, I really appreciate you writing this this is something that we need we need a guide a survival guide to try to deal with what we're uh, uh with what we're facing right now and i think this is a terrific tool thank you so much for doing it right on i appreciate it thank you dave three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.